0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis chapter 21, how God heard Abraham's concern for Ishmael being cast away, but how with God's word, Abraham was totally at peace. This message is available for free download and free listening at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org or on iTunes.com. Just search for the Friendship with God podcast on iTunes.com. I want to thank you for listening to the Friendship with God radio program and for your support. We do need your financial support. We also want to let you know that your financial support helps Israel Restoration Ministries, whom Tom Cantor is the founder of. And as Israel is defending itself against radical terrorists and nations rising up against them, we at Israel Restoration Ministries are doing all that we can to bring the gospel to the Jewish people while there is still time and before the end of time. That is why Tom Cantor founded Israel Restoration Ministries, an effort to evangelize and reach lost Jewish people before the coming of our Lord. Now, the past four years, we've reached over 5 million lost Jewish people with the gospel in the U.S., Canada, Israel, South America, Europe, all over the globe where Jewish communities are. Now, if you can make a one-time or even a monthly donation... That would help us out to reach more lost Jewish people, as well as support this Bible teaching radio program. It's 100% tax deductible, and none of it goes towards administration costs. It goes towards Jewish evangelism and reaching lost Jewish people. Now, we want to encourage you to donate and support Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program, which gives us the ability to stay on the air as well as evangelize the Jewish people. Now, You can call with your donation at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. If you'd like to learn more about Israel Restoration Ministries, go to IsraelRestoration.org, IsraelRestoration.org. Or more about Friendship with God, go to FriendshipWithGod.org, FriendshipWithGod.org. You can donate online or, again, calling us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Now, here's Tom Cantor our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, teaching us how God heard Abraham's concern for Ishmael being cast away, but with God's word, Abraham was put totally at peace. So
1: what, do you, what say you, God? Well, what's the title for this boy? Are you going to call him like Sarah does, or are you going to call him like I do? He's very interested. And so what, what title does he give him in verse 12? The lad. The lad. No, uh, verse 12. The lad. But, but then also... What title does he give him in verse thirteen? The son of the bondwoman. Didn't say this bondwoman. <laughs> That's Sarah. This bond. We said the son of the bondwoman. Oh, now this is now this is very very disturbing for Abraham. This is shattering. He says, you sided with Sarah. You know, I thought you were my friend. <laughs> it's uh, hard for me to hear you say that. You know, I mean he could have said, you know, he could at this point say, is that what you call my son? Like Sarah does just a lad you call him the son of the bondwoman? well that's who you are i'm out of here abraham could have said that bye bye god he could have done that and that's not abraham abraham is not is, is is saying to god it's hard for me to hear it it's really hard for me to hear it but i haven't taken your hand to let go of it so okay keep going please continue And at that point, Abraham is like the 12 apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ who just heard him say something that was very hard for them to hear in John 6, 65 through 69, where it says, And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come to me except that were given Him unto unto him of my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the 12, Will you also go away? And then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? That was the words of eternal life. We believe, we're sure, that thou art the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. So now we have to couple what he said with the statements in Mark 8, 34 and Revelation twenty-two seventeen 17 that say, whosoever will, that means whoever wants to. Whosoever will, any, anybody who, who will, he may come. That's the person's decision. But just because a person wills and wants to come, that doesn't automatically open the door for him to come in order for him to be able to come, the Father steps in and opens the door to whosoever will. Now, that, 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 that cuts against the pride, because you think, well, no, I thought it was all my decision. Well, it is, yes, yes, it is. You decide if you want to come, but then God is the one who sees that and says, okay, I see you come now, go open the door. So for people to hear that God the Father had to open the door for those who wanted to come in to the Lord Jesus Christ was hard to hear, and many of them walked away and said, no, I can't take that. And after they went away, then the Lord Jesus Christ turns to his 12 disciples, his 12 apostles. He said, how about you? How about you? You out of here also? And Peter replies and says, you know, are you kidding? He says, are you? he doesn't say are you kidding, but anyway, something like that. He says, you have the words of eternal life. And we're sure. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. You're God the son. What? Go away. So in the same way, Abraham has just heard God say, and give to Ishmael the title of Sarah's title. It's very hard for him to accept. Just a lad? He's my son. Just the son of the bondwoman? He's my son. But when God called Ishmael, just a lad, and the son of the bondwoman, God was saying to Abraham, Abraham, I know you're shattered because Sarah hasn't called Ishmael your son, and I'm not calling Ishmael your son. Now I'm going to ask you this question of John six sixty-seven. Will you go away also? How about you, Abraham? Are you going to walk away too? And by not turning away, Abraham was giving to God the Peter response Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall I go? You have the words of eternal life. Abraham was saying to God, son or no son, I'm going to follow you. You know, it reminds me of the story of Seal Rosen. She's the wife of Marty Rosen, or Moisha Rosen. Somehow he becomes Moisha, but anyways, he was always Marty. Anyway, Moisha Rosen of Jews for Jesus. And while they were married, Neighbors of Seal and Marty Rosen began to pray for their salvation. And then Seal, when they were praying for salvation, she was in her pantry and she looked out of the window of her pantry and she saw this Christmas star decoration and she wondered if Jesus was really God-sent one. And then God sent to her a, a Christian lady who began to teach her the Bible about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so on Easter... Seal tells Marty or Moisha, however you like, to, she was going to church with her friend. And he was infuriated. And he insisted that whatever she do, she shouldn't wear a, the Easter hat, an Easter hat, <laughs> for the neighbors to see. So she carried it in a bag until they got in the car. Then she put her hat on. Anyway, so that Easter, when the invitation was given, Seal walks down the aisle. She receives the Lord Jesus Christ, her God, as her God and her Savior. And word gets back to Seal's mother. Orthodox family, and she came over to Seal's house, and she says to her in Yiddish, so, I hear you became a goy, she says. (laughs) And Seal told her mother, no, I didn't become a goy. I received received Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And Seal's mother left in a rage, and Seal never saw her again for the rest of her life. Never saw her family for the rest of her life after that. And then Marty, he, he forbid the Christian from coming to their home. So, Seal has the Bible studies on the phone. Long Bible studies with a Christian friend. And the studies were long. And one time, Marty called <clears> on <throat> the phone, couldn't get through, came home in a rage. When he learned that she was on the phone to do the Bible study, he rips the phone out of the wall. He's so angry. And then Seal said something to Marty that was really the turning point of the whole thing in Marty's life. And after Marty rips the phone out of the wall, to, to Seal says to Marty, Marty, don't you make me choose between you and Jesus, because I'm telling you right now that I'll choose Jesus. That's what she said. And she took her stand, and then that caused Marty to start thinking. And he ended up going to the same church, and when the invitation was given, Marty walks down the same aisle as Seal does to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as his God and his Savior. And then he goes on to start Jews for Jesus. Now, why? Because Seal said to Marty, don't you make me choose between you and Jesus because I'll choose Jesus. Jews for Jesus, you could say, began because a woman named Seal Rosen says that I'll lose my mother, I'll lose my father, I'll choose Jesus. I'll lose my husband, I'll choose Jesus. And Jews for Jesus, you could say, was started because Seal Rosen was willing to lose her husband to choose Jesus. And Jews for Jesus was started because she really meant it. You know, she meant, I have decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. All right. right. Now, so when Abraham heard God not call Ishmael his son, Abraham said, if I have to choose between God and my son Ishmael, I'll choose God. And when Abraham did did what Abraham was showing himself worthy, he was showing himself worthy of God when he did that. Like the Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew 10, 37, he that loveth father or mother more than me, that's where you get to choose between, more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son, as in Ishmael, or daughter more than me, as in choose, is not worthy of me. I have decided to follow Jesus. I've decided no turning back. By the way, this matter of titles is so important. Now, it's not just for Ishmael, but also for Hagar, because Hagar had a particular title. We already saw it. In Genesis sixteen three, where it says that 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 Sarah gave her Hagar to her husband Abraham to be his wife, Hagar, his wife. Sarah was Abraham's wife, but even though in, in Genesis sixteen three, Sarah gave Hagar to her husband to be his wife, Sarah doesn't call Hagar Abraham's wife. No, that's for sure. She calls Hagar this bondwoman. And, 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 and at this point, Abraham is way too smart to call Hagar his wife. <laughs> so he comes back. He and so when God comes in verse 12 to give Hagar a title, he doesn't call Hagar his wife. He, he says, the, the, You're a bondwoman. Now, the really hard part for Abraham has been over the matter of hearkening to the voice of his wife. I mean, this was God's condemnation, after all, of Adam. In the great fall in Genesis 3:16, and when God said to Adam, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, has eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Sorrow, thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. So Adam hearkened to the voice of his wife. And what made Adam do what Eve told him to do? It says, You hearken to the voice of thy wife. It was her voice. It wasn't just anyone telling him, Adam, that was Eve, it was his voice. It wasn't just anyone, actually there was nobody else. <laughs> but anyway, still, it wasn't, it wasn't Adam's idea to eat the fruit. It was, he hearkened to Eve's uh, voice. The idea of eating the fruit was, was Eve's voice. The idea, by the voice of Eve, the idea of eating the fruit had Eve written all over it, as far as Adam was concerned. He didn't wake up one day and said, Well, I think I like to eat that fruit. No, it's just Eve written all over it. And as we saw with Abraham to make a baby with Hagar, exactly the same words that we saw in Genesis 16:2, it says, and Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai's wife. She says, You know, go in, my maid, I'll obtain children by her. Abraham hearkened to the voice of, of, of Sarai. That was not Abraham's idea. That was Sarah's idea. It wasn't just anyone telling Abraham to do it. That was his wife. That was Ab- that was Sarah. And so Abraham did that. He was hearkening to Sarah's voice. The idea of making a baby with Hagar because of Sarah's voice had Sarah written all over it. It was written all over it. But God says now, in the same terms, in verse 12, He says, in all that Sarah had said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. God says, hearken unto her voice. Well, the Sarah says in verse 12, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto unto her voice. In Isaac shall thy be called. So you see in verse 12 that God is saying to Abraham, In all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. So for Abraham to hearken to Sarah's voice meant that Abraham had to eat a big, big slice of humble pie. A big slice. And for Abraham to hearken to Sarah's voice meant that Abraham had to swallow a lot of pride. This was really tough on him. Abraham had to do what Sarah. For Abraham to do this, what Sarah meant was to endure from Abraham, from Sarah. I told you so. I'm right. It's you know, it's more like it. Get in line. Anyway, the picture we see here of Abraham commanding Ab- Sarah. Sorry, the picture we see here of Sarah commanding Abraham to obey her is not exactly the picture that the Bible in Peter paints of Sarah. See, this picture we got right here in Genesis of of, of Sarah just commanding Abraham, you go and obey me, do this. It's not exactly the picture we get in 1 Peter 3.6 where it says, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Anyway, what can you do? But it shows us how God chooses the best in our lives to portray us, and he holds up, he ho- holds us up in our best states as examples, and not our worst. This is not a great, This is not Sarah's best performance here, that's for sure. But the beauty of the Word of God is that God doesn't wash, whitewash Sarah and Abraham well, everybody in the Bible. I'm sure that some of these people in the Bible would, would just would like to consult with God and say, "Could you not write that in there?" That part about Bathsheba, could you just kind of keep that out? I would rather not be memorialized for eternity if it's, if it's, if it's okay. You know? But that's not God. He doesn't whitewash anybody. And actually, Sarah could say that Abraham was, Abraham was the head of the home from 1 Peter 3.6. But then she could say, I'm the neck that controls the head. <laughs> and she could take the position, see that she could do that. And Abraham, if he stood up there and he said, oh, I'll tell you what, no woman's going to tell me what to do. Because, well, God has just said to Abraham, this woman's going to tell you what to do. <laughs> Sarah, your wife, is going to tell you. You listen to her. Now you step back and you see this more objectively. And actually, it was not that Abraham was obeying Sarah. It was that Abraham was obeying God. And God had told him to listen to Sarah and do what she said. And so you notice how hard this is for Abraham because of those two words, in all. You know, maybe he could hold back part of it and say, well, God told me to do this part, but not this part. You were wrong there. He didn't do that. He said, in everything she said, do it. Well, it's tough. It's very hard. Because God, God was saying to Abraham in every little detail just, that she's commanding you, as hard as it is, do it in all. And then God says one thing. This is very tough on Abraham. But he says one thing to Abraham that just sets the whole matter at peace. The whole matter at peace. One statement that God makes and the sharp edges from Sarah's words come out of his eye. One statement that God makes and the fire of Sarah's words are just extinguished. And that statement is the last thing that he says in verse 12 where God said, For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. One statement. In Isaac shall thy seed be called, and Abraham understands God has a purpose and the thing that's very grievous in my sight. One statement. In Isaac shall thy seed be called, Abraham understands. Ishmael must decrease. Isaac must increase. One statement. In Isaac shall thy seed be called, Abraham understands. Ishmael must leave the house. One statement, and, and Isaac shall thy seed be called. Abraham understands why God also did not call Ishmael Abraham's son in verse 12. One statement, and Isaac shall thy seed be called. And Abraham understands why he has to do the in all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. So one statement, and Isaac shall thy seed be called. And everything becomes different. He understands why he was to bury his own feelings on the matter and eat the humble pie. Well, that One statement, in Isaac shall I see be called, and Abraham understood, God could not call and develop Isaac into the called one with Ishmael still in the house. This is one statement, Isaac, in Isaac shall thy see be called, and Abraham understands, God was not going to call out the Messiah through Ishmael. It wasn't going to happen. One statement, and as it shall I see be called, and he, Abraham understands that what Sarah was doing had God written all over it. See, before it had Sarah written all over it, but now it has God written all over it. And there's a great lesson for us in this on how we should deal with what grieves us. Because to go to God like Abraham did, and, and, and like Abraham, let God's word write God all over the grievous situation. Just like the song says, Do you fear the gathering clouds of sorrow? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you anxious? What shall be tomorrow? Tell it to Jesus. And when we bring a grievous situation like, this, like an impending death, for example, that's grievous. Uh, like, you know, like, are you troubled at the thought of dying? Then we let God speak, and we hear him say these words to us, like John 14. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me and my Father's house. are many mansions when I can read my title clear to mansions in the sky. It's, a, it's a many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, come again, receive to myself, that where I am there, you may be also. Then, like Abraham, with Sarah, God uses these verses to take the sickness unto death, and God writes His name all over it. And He says, "Oh, it's of God." And the lesson is when, when we find ourselves like Abraham in verse 11, the thing was very grievous. In, a, in our sight, we need like Abraham, go to God and hear him say these things in Romans 8. He says, such things as, "If God be for us in verse 31, 8:31, 31, Romans 8, 31, If God be for us, who can be against us?" Romans 8:38 through 39. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And with those verses, Abraham then will understand in Psalm 84:11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. No good thing will he uphold from them that walk uprightly. He's a sun when there is no sun. He is a shield when there is no shield. And, and, and if no good thing will he withhold from them that walk from us, then that also means that that which is ultimately a bad thing, he will withhold. And, and, and when we see that, then like Abraham, we see the grievous situation, and then we see God's name written all over it. And now it says in verse 13, so we come here, then God knew what was Abraham was thinking, he, he knew what he was feeling. He's sitting there thinking, well, that's all great. I understand that Isaac is going to take the preeminence in the home. I understand. You're going to call Isaac. Well, what about Ishmael? And we hear the father yelling, uh, crying out to God like he did before, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. What about Ishmael? Even though he's, he's not going to be my called seed, what about Ishmael? And God, Hagar also. It's a human being. Come on. And when God heard Abraham's concern for Ishmael and for Hagar, and he answers, and he says in verse twenty-one, verse sorry chapter twenty-one, verse thirteen, verse thirteen of our chapter, and also of the son of the bondwoman, will I make a nation because he is thy seed. And with that one word, Abraham is totally at peace, totally at peace. Even though Ishmael is going to not be under Abraham's house umbrella, he's not going to be under the protection of Abraham. He knew that Abraham that Ishmael is going to be under God's umbrella, a protection. Abraham is being forced to do what, with Ishmael what Jochebed, the mother of Moses, was forced to do with the baby Moses. Put him in the ark, put him in the river Nile. Abraham's being forced to send Ishmael into the desert of death, just as Jochebed was forced to put the baby into the river of death. But she had peace over it. Why? Because she said, some may see a river of death, I just see the hands of God. And, and I'll put my baby into the hands of God. Abraham could say, some may see a desert of death. I just see the hands of God. And I'm putting Ishmael into the hands of God. Just like blind Fanny Crosby, who, when, she, when, she, when, when her little daughter died, and just died, what does she do? She goes into her room, and she writes the words of the hymn we love to sing, safe in the arms of Jesus, safe in his gentle breast, Thereby as love o'ershadowed sweetly my soul shall rest. See Fanta Crosby said, Some may see death with all of its deterioration of my little daughter. I don't see that, I see the arms of Jesus. And Jochebed was saying, I don't see the Nile, I see the arms of Jesus. And say my Moses is safe in the arms of Jesus, my little girl safe in the arms of Jesus. Abraham is saying, I don't see the desert of death, I see the arms of Jesus. I see Ishmael safe in the arms of Jesus. So as Abraham sends out his son Ishmael away from his protecting care, he learns the truth of a verse in Proverbs 14, 26, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge. Now, where does a parent find this strong confidence when a child is no longer under their umbrella of protection and the the parent has to say to the child, as Abraham did, bye-bye, as Fanny Crosby says, bye-bye, as Jochebed says, goodbye. The parent finds peace in this verse In Proverbs 14, 26, knowing that their child will have a place of refuge. Why? Because God's going to give them the refuge. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the peace that you brought to Abraham in this time of great distress. And help us to learn from this the truths that Abraham
0: learned in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. Now, are you interested in learning more about the Jewish people, their past, their present, their future? Tom has written a book on the life of Joseph. It's entitled Understanding the Jewish Messiah and the History and Future of the Jewish People Through the Life of Joseph. It's a wonderful book that reflects not only the history of the Jewish people, but their future as foretold by the scriptures. Now, this wonderfully written expository book opens up the life of Joseph as you've never seen it before. It's a must-have for any Christian or a great gift to give to any Jewish person who may be searching for the truth and evidence from the scriptures and who the Messiah really is. If you'd like to obtain a copy of this book, it's our resource of the month to encourage you to support this Bible teaching radio program, Friendship with God and Jewish Evangelism Outreach Ministry through Israel Restoration Ministries so get this wonderful book by Tom Cantor our Bible teacher who's written about the life of Joseph, the past present and future of the Jewish people and it's yours for a donation of $20 or more to the Friendship with God radio program that's a $20 or more donation get the Life of Joseph book call us now at 800-247-3051 that's 800 800- 247 You can also go online to friendshipwithgod.org That's friendshipwithgod.org Go to our online bookstore There's lots of resources there from Tom Cantor even some free resources as well as creation resources that are available at our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org You can also sign up to support Jewish evangelism there or send a free gift to a lost Jewish person Or even sign up for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse, all at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also search for Tom Cantor, Israel Restoration Ministries, and Friendship with God on Facebook and receive Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse. If you have any other questions or if you'd like to donate and support this ministry, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051.